You're listening to Talking TV with Liz and Lindy of PureFandom.com. listeners and welcome to another pure fandom podcast this is talking tv with liz and lindy i'm liz and i'm lindy and we are continuing our coverage of the walking dead we are we have two episodes left until the mid-season finale of season seven and um this week's episode was uh, i'm like yeah. kind of annoyed i mean i don't know what else to I just, yeah, just big, heavy sigh, big, heavy sigh right now. So are you jumping on my train of what I've been saying I've been worried about? Are you understanding my worry now? I'm understanding your worry, but not, I'm not jumping on your train because they're not separating my favorite people and focusing on it. They're doing even worse because they're Mm. focusing on people I don't even care about. Like, at least right. in season four, we still had Daryl. You know, Daryl and Beth, it, like, got annoying. But it at least was focused on Daryl. Yeah. So, this week, what was this week's episode called? Swear, that focused on yeah. Tara, where we saw um, Tara and Heath, which I thought it was interesting. It was the end of their two-week supply run, which really makes you realize how fresh everything that's happened really is. They've only been gone two weeks. In that two weeks, time Denise has died and all the shit with Megan has gone down like it feels so long to us as viewers but in this whole realm walking dead realm like it's everything has just happened um but yeah like I've been saying over the past couple of podcasts you know I don't know if they're really doing a service to themselves with focusing on you know just one community at a time I think that this has been a mistake and it's not to say that the episodes haven't been quality episodes, but I think that other people, because I've seen other people be frustrated online have felt the same way where um, they're not liking jumping from one place to the other. Um, It would be different if they had showed this stuff with Tara, but then also given us scenes and updates on Rick or Daryl or something like that. But I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. And I really want to know if Andrew Lincoln is getting paid the same amount of money as normal. Because he, <laughs> he's been in, like, 20 minutes of this season. Well, yeah. I mean, hey, look at the cl- the classic Judy Dench move. Judy Dench <laughs> won an Oscar for being in Shakespeare in Love, and she was in that shit for six minutes. Okay? Do you know his contract is on lockdown? Same thing. Same, totally the same thing. <laughs> No, I I do agree with you in that I I like how they're bringing in. I I don't want listeners to get confused. And I think you're in the same with me here because you alluded to it a little bit just recently, just now. I like that they're bringing in these other groups. Like I really like that Cindy chick. I think she's badass. And Mm -hmm. usually I don't care for when they introduce new people. But just the fact that they dedicate a whole freaking episode to it, it's like it would have been cool if they would have showed her captured and then, you know, she would have had a little interrogation. I thought the dinner table thing was, like, a little excessive. They could have done that yeah. in, like, under a minute. And then you have that whole part where they finally reveal we're hiding from Megan. Like, that's why 
and that and I liked that because it was like that's what Negan makes you do. Like they were just telling little girls to shoot any stranger that they saw. Like that's how freaking evil he is. And I loved that they did that. But just a whole episode, an entire episode, I just felt myself like groaning, which I hate. Yeah. I never, ugh, yeah. I, I know. know. As, as soon as I saw her wash up on that beach and those new people, I'm like, oh, shit, here we go again. Like, <laughs> I know, I, I know. I'm, you know, I want to see what's going down with, I feel like what they're, they're really losing momentum, like with the Daryl stuff and the Jesus stuff. Um, with Carl now and with Rick and what's going on in Alexandria and that's the stuff we care about and they get us all hyped up with that and like oh shit what's going to go down now with Jesus and Carl and what's Rick going to do and you know we're all excited to see that and then they bring us you know this Oceanside community which the episode alone was great but as fans we're a little bit let down and we don't I feel like we don't appreciate episodes like that as much because in our minds we're so ready to see other things that it's almost an annoyance and it shouldn't be because it was a wonderful episode but the the way that everything is laid out this season while it is quality and it is great it's I don't know you know do you know what I'm trying to say though no I agree because it was an awesome episode and I love the characters they introduced and I love that they're bringing in all these different communities. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's super cool. I love that they're doing that. But it's almost like, I'm, you know what I'm going to compare it to? Almost like Lost, where what I think Lost I knew is very, <laughs> I know. Well, what I think they did very well, and I, I know you didn't finish it all the way, but you watched enough to where you could, you'll know what I'm a talking lot. about. I thought you didn't finish it. Or did you I take a break? Did you did we watch too much TV. I can't keep up. <laughs> but so, well, okay. So then you'll definitely understand. I mean, aside of the last season where, you know, it just kind of like, we just blocked that out. But in its heyday, when it would folk, it would focus specific episodes on a certain storyline. It still heavily weighed in the peop- the core characters and who we cared about. Like, and I know flashbacks are different, but when, you know, you would have, um, you know, Jin Shusi, obviously everyone loves Jin Shusi. When everyone, when we had Daniel Day Kim on screen, I believe that's the actor's name, and his storyline with his wife, we would get, it was still about, like, they were still involved, even though we were in another world. And I like when mm-hmm. they bring in all these other worlds. I think it's awesome. This metaphor is not as good now that I'm saying it out loud. But <laughs> being, it's really cool they're bringing in all these different worlds. Like, that is really yeah. fun. But I just... Like you said, I want to still know what's like, I forgot about Tara and I know we, she was on maternity leave, whatever, but it's just like, they keep not even the core characters so spread out in these episodes, but when you put your supporting characters spread out in these episodes, it makes it even more frustrating, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. I get what you mean. And it felt like lost also just because of the whole beach thing. But yeah, that was definitely. my thought. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like Jack. I, <laughs> I know. I don't. I don't know. I've got mixed feelings. So the other thing is, I'm thinking, what exactly was the purpose of this episode? Because at first, you know, well, towards the middle, you thought, okay, Tara is going to leave, and she's going to be what connects, um, you know, Rick 
and the Alexandrians to Oceanside as another group to fight against Megan. But in the end, we realized, I don't think Tara's spilling those beans. I think she's going to keep her promise. And so what was the point of this? What was the point of this episode except to maybe drive home a little more about the kind of people that the saviors are? We didn't need that. What do you, what was their purpose with this episode? The purpose was the armory. And she's saying, Tara's saying, this is my theory, that she does, she didn't find anything or not spilling the beans to Rosita right now because Tara hasn't seen anything yet. She hasn't seen Megan or witnessed any of this yet. And so it's starting to come together for me as to why they're showing how he affects all these different communities and people. Because if you don't know, you're not going to take desperate measures and going mm-hmm. to Cindy's community. I'm just going to call it that the beach community or ocean Oceanside, community now. Yeah. Oceanside, Ocean View Bay. That's what it is in um, the comic. Oh, I thought you were talking about that Santa Monica hotel. Uh-huh. Anyways, <laughs> never mind. Um, <laughs> I think uh, that Oceanside there, they brought that up and spent so much time there because they have weapons. And they also have an upper hand in that the saviors don't know about them. So this could be like a unicorn for Rick and Co. (laughs) And once Tara sees, I think she's going to see something like, you you know, she'll somehow see the wrath that is Negan and then be like, oh, Mm -hmm. fuck, sorry, guys, my bad. There's a whole ton of bitches with a whole lot of guns. Let's go get them right the fuck Mm -hmm. now. Like, I think that's, that's what'll happen. She hasn't seen anything yet. She, I mean, yeah. she, according to her, everything's still honky frickin' dory. Yeah. I, so I think that, I don't know if this was the true intention of the whole episode, but I do think that it poses this kind of ethical and moral uh, question for the show. And the reason is Cindy addresses to Tara what we've, you and I have mentioned multiple times, um, you know, Cindy talks about the slaughter at the satellite camp of the saviors, you know, and she says, they're talking about whether those killings are, are justified really. And she said that people that do that doesn't mean they're evil, but they've chosen to forget who they are as humans. They've chosen to forget who they are for the sake of convenience or survival or whatever. But what these women have proved is that they were able to escape clutches of Negan without killing anyone. Um, and they now successfully live in this community. They're hiding away. They're, you know, not able to freely roam and they're always on guard, but they didn't have to resort to killing to survive. So I think that poses a really big and ethical question about what kind of people are, Rick and everybody. I mean, just like Rick and them, these women have gone through crap. Everybody that they love, all of the men from 11 years old to up, were killed, you know, in front of them. But they still mm-hmm. chose to leave the community and, and hide and survive that way. Um, and that's what they want to, re- you know, keep doing. So, I don't know. I think it's I think it's pretty interesting and it's a really big contrast between some of these other communities. It is. And this keeps getting brought up, like you said, in each of not just our podcasts, but just in the walking dead 
fandom universe that are Rick and Co. really that great of people. And I can't say a lot because I am a spoiler hoe and I like look to see at everything that's going to happen with Negan specifically. Right. Like not Negan, but like the Negan just whole storyline or whatever. So I think that when it comes down to it, that will be like when everything comes to a, a blow, that'll be what Rick will question. Like that'll be what he struggles with. You know, how mm-hmm. far will you go for revenge or, you know, to get back or whatever. I think they're, right. that, that's why they're, you know, keep pounding that theme in. Um, I wanted to ask you, this has been kind of all over all the different fandom blogs and everything today. And it's a bit of a controversial question, but because we also cover the 100, I thought that you could weigh in your, your opinions on this or what you think. And if you just prefer to say no comment, I totally get it, but because it's <laughs> controversial. Okay. So um, this, a recent article on Vanity Fair, so a legit news source, um, was talking about how, or posing the question, you know, why did or did The Walking Dead gloss over another controversial death? So Tara's girlfriend, she had mm-hmm. died, um, a horrible death, and um, Alana Masterson, who plays Tara, just found out that her girlfriend died, Denise, mm-hmm. of course, and we just had, like, one scene, you know, this is this author saying this, mm-hmm. this writer in this Vanity Fair article saying, okay, we had one scene where she just looked distraught mm-hmm. with Eugene, and then she's talking to Rosita for like four seconds and just, I'm mm-hmm. sorry too, but isn't like totally broken from it. And the comparison is in this article specifically is saying, okay, well, when Eugene died or when Bob died or not Eugene, I'm sorry, when Abraham died or Bob died or Glenn died, like we just had like these convulsing loved ones, you know, losing their shit. Or when Lori died, you know, Rick lost his shit. Mm-hmm. So why do we keep glossing over? And you know, this is a hot topic. For those mm-hmm. of you listening, if you, and if you've watched the 100, um, there was a lesbian relationship on there that got a lot of heat for killing off one of its characters, who is now starring on Fear of the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. But what do, what do you think? Do you think that they are? And of course, it was the end of the episode, so we could see her suffer more. Yeah. Next episode, um, but if they don't, do you think that this is playing? And what are your thoughts on that? I guess. Well, for one, I think the 100, I think fans went a little overboard with that because everyone knew that Alicia Debnam Carey, um, who played Lexa, who was killed off, had a deal with Fear of the Walking Dead. So everybody should have known that she was going to die anyway. So, um, and I think they've, you know, I, I don't, I think they dealt with it wonderfully. So I don't know. I can't speak on that because I don't quite agree with the backlash on that. Um, I don't know. I guess I did. You know, I didn't even think about it. Um, we, I don't know. I really don't Do know what think- to say. And it's not for not wanting to talk about it. It's just, I guess I didn't see any issue with it. Um, and I guess it's still to be seen next week how she deals with it. But I'm sure we're going to be in some other, we're probably not going to be at uh, Alexandria because Lord knows we're never going to see Rick and that and those people again. Um <laughs> They'll probably grieve off camera. I don't know. I, I'm sure there have been other deaths that weren't. Well, poor T-Dog. 
Do you think that um, I don't know gay people in general are like still extremely underrepresented on TV? Like that this is a problem. I don't think so because I think TV is getting better, and I think there's always progress made, and I think that that's what matters. I mean, there are a lot of relationships that are um, represented really well, and just like you know, heterosexual couples. I mean those relationships also end, those people also die. I mean, you have to, I think it's, I think it's well represented. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say too much and say something that's going to offend somebody. So I'll just leave it that I don't, I don't personally see an issue with it because I think that TV is getting better and better all the time and representing it um, more and more, especially certain shows do a really good job with it. And it's definitely out there. Um, So I, I, I guess that's all I can say. <laughs> Sorry, I just I yeah. just saw that and was like, oh, I figured you'd have like a a good perspective on it. Like Supergirl yeah. just introduced um, yeah. a lesbian relationship, and it's like super yeah. awesome. So you're right, you're right. They are getting better. I can I I couldn't tell from this article. I need to look at this blogger's yeah. previous post more to see if she's yeah. it's a hot topic for her I think or him. I didn't see. Yeah, I think when those relationships are done realistically um and not just as like a fan service but like are like real relationships um that really work in the show and make sense then I think and I think that's a wonderful thing because I think it's an accurate representation of of real life so I think it's all about how it's done and and I think that tv and film in general have have come a really long way so we'll see what happens next week with Denise I don't know yeah, she's she needs healthy. to be more upset, though. <laughs> she didn't seem upset at all. Like, I was just kind of like, can she at least be crying? Yeah. Like, she wasn't yeah. even upset at all. That was kind of like, really? She could be like, in, like, shock, though, after it. She did just go through something, like, freaking crazy. Um, and so when she was told, she might kind of be, like, in a little bit of shock, perhaps denial. She might not really be grieving about it. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't have sure. <laughs> And she didn't see her die like everyone else has basically seen their loved ones die. Yeah. Okay, well, let's break down the episode a little bit more. I want to talk about um, Cindy. So Cindy seems like someone that can be, that's her, that's her ally, that's her advocate. So when mm-hmm. Tara ultimately sees, you know, like her arm get chopped off by Negan or something crazy, something horrible is going to happen to where she's mm-hmm. going to spill the beans on Oceanside. I'm curious to see how I, I think Cindy definitely will be definitely will be her advocate. And the fact that she's their leader's granddaughter means that they won't just like shun her. I don't, I don't know. I, but what would you think? What do you think it'll take to convince Oceanside to rally? I guess. I don't know. Um, I almost wonder if they're not going to be a part of taking down Negan and if after Negan's taken down, then maybe they'll come back into the picture, possibly. But I did have a question for you about the whole PPP thing, the key card at the end that Tara picked up that says PPP. What do you think that is? Um, Honestly, I thought it was um, something that I forgot about because I hadn't seen Tara in like a year and a half. But um, I did see on comicbook.com that Alana Masterson, who, of course, 
plays Tara had revealed what it actually means. Does that mean do you want me to tell you? I thought she said that she didn't know the only person that knew was Scott Gimple. That is it. Yeah. I was just up. I just I thought you'd believe me for a second and I was gonna make up something funny, but the fact that you already researched it. Never mind. It's okay. I almost wonder. I was gonna come up with Peter Piper pickled. And put like pepper. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. My theory is that the saviors came across Heath. That's his name, right? Heath. Took the R V with Heath and dropped the key card. Tara has the key card, and I have a feeling that she's, when they come to blows with Negan or if they go to the Savior's compound, that key will be the, able to, like, open a door to do something, like either rescue Daryl or come into oh, play. Oh, for sure. Where did you read that? like that. I didn't. I just came up with it. No, you didn't. I know you didn't. I, no, like, I, I know you're smart. did. Hey, I came up with it. <laughs> well, I just read it again in another article, so I'm just wondering. Oh, you did? I didn't, no. I didn't read I'm any. i to get you to admit it. Oh, I didn't read any predictions about PPP. All I did was read the article that said that uh, Alana Masterson was saying that Scott Gimple was the only one that knew. That's my prediction. So if it comes I think true. It's a really, I, I think it's first. a good prediction. I think it's a good prediction. I also read that he denied that Daryl and Rick were doing Morse code, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Because that would have been cool. Yeah, yeah, that would have been interesting because there was also a Morse code poster um, in right. the background in that episode. I, sometimes I wish they wouldn't debunk theories like that. Like, I love how Game of Thrones doesn't debunk anything. They just let it all swirl. Yeah. Because it gives yeah. us something to get excited about and kind of, like, build all our theories on. I yeah. mean, I just, with Walking Dead, there are never any theories. And some people are saying, well, you know, there are the comics, but with Game of Thrones, there are eight really fucking long books or however many there are. And we still <laughs> theorize too many. We still theorize on the TV show. So I right. think that, yeah, I just kind of wish that they didn't debunk theories like that immediately, but whatever. Okay. Well, you know, I have a question for you every podcast now. This oh, one's yes, not very of course. crazy. This one's not very crazy. It's legit. Okay. So we have, the Negan, Negan and the Saviors, their compound, Alexandria, Hilltop, Kingdom, and this Oceanside community. If you were in this world, which community would you live in, if you could pick? Okay, so definitely not Oceanside, and I'll tell you two things. Or, well, no, my number one reason. Number one, it's all women there. Everyone's going to be on the same cycle, and that would be <laughs> fucking horrible. Like... Could you imagine? I can't even go to a Comic-Con with you when we're on the same period. Like, no. Ew, um, too much. Why is that too much? You have your period. You're a woman. Oh, my God. Okay. You've had a baby. We're talking yeah, about menstrual cycles that. here. All right. It would have been gross if I would have talked about trying Liz, to, like, just whatever you're going to say. Just, like, to hand make a pad or, like, I don't even know. However, you could get really creative. Anyways, you ask the question. You know what you're getting yourself into. Okay, okay, keep um, going. And I'm not even drinking right now. Okay, so definitely not Oceanside. Um, not Hilltop because there is no way I could stand Gregory. You know how I am with my temper. 
Absolutely not. <laughs> um, Alexandria, like I want to say yes, because that's where the main cast is, but I'm just not even going to have that be in one of the choices. So I'm going to say Aww. The Kingdom because it was like super hippy-dippy, and I'm sure they have weed. You don't want to live with Negan and the Saviors? I mean, fuck no. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Hell well, I mean, no. If you kill people for Negan and did stuff for him, you can have all kinds of things. I'm kind of questioning how you look at me as a human if you're thinking you'd excite me by saying okay. if I kill people. <laughs> I'm just trying to discuss all the options. Okay, so you'd be Hilltop, or you'd be the kingdom. You'd be the kingdom. For weed. For weed. For pot. Okay. Yep. Okay. I got you. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, couldn't do, I couldn't do Alexandria, because they're too hardcore. Like, now Rick is submissive, but probably not for long, and they get in fights, like, all the freaking time. I don't have time for that. Like, I don't want to get killed. Because Rick made some dumb decision or Carl left the house again. Um, Ocean thought it would be nice for, like, the scenery and everything, but they, like, live in fear all the time. I I don't know. I could do Hilltop, like, I understand Gregory in a way. Like, he's just trying to keep the peace. I would probably be the Gregory of the apocalypse, to be quite honest. You know, I'm self-aware enough to admit that. Um... I think I'd do the kingdom, too, just because those people have it made. Like, they don't even know the deals that Ezekiel, are, you know, is making. They just are, like, happily unaware. Like, ignorance is bliss. They're, like, loving life and eating quiche. All they have to worry mm-hmm. about is if Shiva has a bad day and decides to, like, kill some of them. But, you know, she seems pretty calm. So I think I'd have to go with the kingdom as well. Sure. Yeah, because Shiva's probably smoking that weed, too. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's how they keep her so chill. Exactly. <laughs> it's a natural sedative. <laughs> That's all I got. That was my only question this time. Cool. I think we've covered it. I think we have something to look forward to with the key card Tara found. I think we're both in agreement that we're a little bit, you know, not loving the way that the season has been laid out so far. I just hope the payoff is really good in the mid-season finale. Um, I think it will be because this happens every year. It happens every year. There's always like a lull of a couple Mm -hmm. seasons, but I just feel like this, this time it's just a little bit more frustrating because there are so many, they're trying to cram so much into one season, which I, I I think is, is good because like we said, we love having all these different communities come in, but they just need to, they need to wrap it up. Um, cause I'm, I'm ready. And it seems like next week we're going to go back to seeing Negan and the saviors. So Jesus. some sort of plan is, some sort of plan is brewing. And I know it's going to be really badass when they actually all do come together, but I don't think it's going to be before the mid season finale. Like someone's totally going to die for sure. Oh yeah. Did you see Jesus do like in the preview for next week? Do you see him do like that cartwheel off the back of the truck? Hell yeah. He looks like Channing Tatum and magic Mike with bad <laughs> fucking ass. Are places like Magic Mike, like, do places like that exist for real? Uh, yeah. If you would have been at my bachelorette party, you would have seen it. That was off topic. Anyway, next week we have, (laughs) I think, to look forward to 
Jesus and Carl getting there. I think some weird things are going to happen with Carl and Negan where either, you know, there's stuff, if you, I won't say what happens in the comic books, but if you've read the comic books, you might know what's coming. If not, you can always just Google and spoil it like we do. Uh, but some interesting things might go down there. And I'm pretty excited to see Rick's reaction to realizing Carl is gone and what they're going to do about that. But we've got good stuff coming, I hope. We've got we do. We do. They never disappoint yeah. us, so it'll be fine. Um, but you can check all all of our podcasts on our SoundCloud. Um, Pure Fandom is the name, of course. We have a bunch of other awesome podcasts there. If you're a fan of the Sci-Fi Network, our Sci-Fi experts, Brad and Court, have their hit podcast, Brad and Court Talk, where they actually feature a lot of the stars from your favorite shows. Right now, they're recapping Van Helsing. And um, we also have Super Talk, our Supergirl podcast. And, of course, we have our Pure Fandom original podcast, Star Wars Theory Series, where I recap Star Wars series with my baby brother. It's the only way I can get him to hang out with me anymore. (laughs) You have some legit theories, though. If you're a Star Wars fan, you should really check it out because they know what they're talking about. And I don't understand what they're saying half the time, but I listen anyway because it's hilarious. It's like a beginner's one, though. So if, like, you're a fan but you don't know all the, like, because there's that Rebel show. Like, there's so much. And he watches all that. So, whatever. I just buy yeah. him beer and he hangs out with me. But, um, so if you ever <laughs> want to hang out with Sam, your little sister, if you want to get her to hang out with you more, just do a podcast on whatever she likes. It's been really nice. Oh, family bonding time. Yay. I know. Um, and, of course, check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Pure underscore Fandom. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BePureFandom. And we just brought on like a gazillion writers um, onto our site, purefandom.com. They're putting out some seriously awesome shit. So make sure you check it out. Until next time, guys. Cheap out.